In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Donald Trump with a, a stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm doing. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We're back. Wednesday crew is back, baby. Woo! We're Wednesday back. crew. Back to back three Elise Morales episodes this week. What an embarrassment of riches. I know. A half vaxxed and ready to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do, we're working on a lot of fun episodes with important guests behind the scenes for you all. We've been talking about what topics we want to focus on and bringing in experts to talk about it. So for today, we're going to talk about, you've told us you really appreciate when we have sort of more personal conversations about the pandemic. And we've done this a few times at different stages. And this definitely feels like a sort of transition point. I feel like we're at a point where we're all thinking about reentry and feeling some type of way about it. So we're going to spend most of the show talking about that. But yesterday, after we finished recording, New York finally legalized recreational cannabis. A bill doing so became law in the state of New York. I can't believe it. I can't believe it took this long. I know. I thought it was, that's why I thought it was never going to happen. We got shamed by New Jersey. We had to have a sex scandal to get it, to get, to get it through. I was thinking about that. I mean, within two days, I'm no fan of Cuomo, but within two days we had vaccines for everyone and we had legal weed. So somebody in that office is like trying to keep their job and whatever. I'm here for it. I don't think it's Cuomo. I don't think he's doing any of this. I think he's directing it. But somebody there, thank you. Yeah, there was suddenly a lot of movement in New York <laughs> governance a couple of, the past couple of days. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's definitely an emphasis to be like, you guys, you know, I am good at my job. And we're all like, you know, but we could just put like anyone else there and they'd also be good at signing things. <laughs> like, yeah. maybe he finally just stopped yelling at everyone and they were like calm enough to like, Right. Let's legalize some goddamn cannabis. <laughs> yeah. Maybe now that he's not doing his book tour or whatever, he can like get to some other things. Tomorrow things. we're going to have like a, a self-published novella. How I got it About done. How to legalize weed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a good idea for for New York. It's It's been the right thing. I read the old law, so I'm excited to find out what's in this new one. Might be more equitable, better. Yeah, a lot of states have had really good intentions with the equity rollout. So let's talk about the law and what it says. This is pretty common. Lots of we're way behind. But if you're a New Yorker, you can have this is fine. You can have three ounces on you at a time, but you can have five pounds at your house. (laughs) 
five pounds. I don't even know. That would be so, I hope I read that right. Please double check that before you do that. Uh, be like the bitches of podcast said I could have five pounds of weed. Uh, I'm like called to be a witness at a trial. So there will also be consumption parlors, but booze won't be served there. As you said, Caitlin, like any state that doesn't do this after the pandemic with all of the lost tax revenue is just kind of dumb. I mean, this this has brought in such crazy money for some for some states, for Colorado that's had it for a long time. I mean, I don't know how that would function without it. And our state budget is like, it's brutalized. People aren't making money. They're not having income taxes because they don't have jobs. So many households have, have left the state. We, we needed this. Uh, the bill also creates automatic expungement of previous marijuana convictions, excuse me, cannabis convictions that would now be legal. Um, you can, like I said, the law also tries to ensure an equitable industry. A lot of states have built this into the law with varying degrees of success in the rollout. But the idea is sort of threefold. One, that millions of dollars in the tax revenue will go directly to communities that were disproportionately impacted. I mean, the the stats on how often black people or black and brown people versus white people are stopped for weed across the country are crazy. And I think they're even worse in New York, um, given yeah. stop and frisk. So the idea is to, I don't know exactly what programs they probably, they don't necessarily relate to cannabis or substances. They're just to reinvest, but then some of that money will also go specifically to uh, drug treatment for people. But a number of it, a number of the licenses will also be prioritized for minority communities, which is so important because these communities were disproportionately impacted by policing. Wealth in generations was interrupted. It's really hard to get a job when you have certain things on your record. So this just is such an obvious way to restore. You can't possibly restore the justice um, from the damage done by criminalization, but it's, it's a really positive start. Yeah, I'm just really glad to see those things were included in the bill. Um, I mean, I had a feeling that at this point, those things are going to be included in other bills going forward, but it's just such an important part of doing what we can to rectify some a situation that can't really be rectified, but, you know, we have to try to move forward. Right, absolutely. And I, I caught myself sort of saying, joking, like, oh, it won't be different for me. Like maybe my delivery drivers will just have healthcare, but that's because I'm a white woman. And for some people that do use the substance, it, it it's a huge game changer for their comfort level obtaining it and using it when they need to. Uh, I, yeah, it's, I think it's a huge, I'm trying to be a little bit more careful, but I'm like, oh, my life won't change. It's like some people's lives are going to change quite a bit. Yeah, it's going to be the big thing for me. Um, and this was a provision in the, I'm really boring. I read the the previous draft of the law in the previous legislative session. So I'm hoping that this component stays. But uh, one of the immediate provisions that was supposed to take place is um, that you're not allowed to screen for it anymore in jobs. Huge. So you can't use it. I'm pretty sure that should yeah. still be there um, where it no longer Biden administration should lock you out of the running <laughs> for a job if you test positive for marijuana. Just like, I mean, I guess if they were like, oh, do you drink at home? Like, unless you're like going yeah. to work for Jehovah's Witnesses, that should not be a thing that anyone's judging you on. Um, oh, I have a glass of wine like at once or twice a week. Like, 
oh, I guess you can't work here. Like, it should be the same way with marijuana. It would be absurd. Yeah, to whatever extent alcohol would impact your work performance or your ability to, like, I assume for, like, security clearance, it's also, like, how able you are to, like, be manipulated if you're willing to do drugs. It's like, I don't know. I've done way stupider shit when I'm drunk than when I'm high on cannabis, I will say. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Everybody was just like, why'd you even mess with Of course. (laughs) I mean, it's it's not even that. It's like also people, the amount, the, the, the intensity, the amount of THC, like there's a whole bunch of things that go into that where I, I know someone who can function on small hits all day while they work, like they work Mm -hmm. from. Some people can't function without that. And it's not because they're addicted to drugs. Yeah, it's completely different. It's like an anti-anxiety medication. They're using it as a way of like just helping them keep focus. Not, and they're not actually ever getting high. So it's a complete yeah. different interaction, which is the whole point of CBD, which is why like we have like CBD drinks and mm-hmm. everything all over the place. And yet people are over here being like, oh, you know. You, know, you you can't work here because weed. So I'm hoping that that stayed. I'm looking forward to, um, I mean, I think that the New York Assembly uh, has a lot of, I mean, the New York Senate is run by, uh, is the majority leader is Andrea uh, Stewart Cousins, a black woman. Uh, assembly is disproportionately downstate. Um, so it's going to be urban communities. It's going to be a lot of the anti-IDC group. Um Basically, they were the group that like knocked out a bunch of like turncoat Democrats who were being awful. And they're right, particularly right. aggressive. Yeah, sorry, everybody. I just like yeah. immediately get into local jargon. No. So basically, they got knocked out by this new group of Democrats who are very young. Um, some are like Alexander Biaghi, um, Zelmer Myrie. They're really great. And they have been uh, the core driving on a lot of these big issues. So I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of programs they put together for equitable distribution, because this is where the rubber meets the road, right? You can talk about it all that you want. You can say you're expending records. Equity comes down to how much are you actually going to give back and recognizing that the deficit and the damage done that's going to be not like a few years of a commitment. You're going to need like a few decades of commitment to repair the issue. And a handful of black people being rich off of weed is not going to structurally change the nature of the damage to these communities. So please, for the next like 10 to 15 years, don't trot out some random black millionaire who made money off of weed and use that as a counterbalance to the seven white people who are all making money off of weed. Right, right. Like, yeah. yeah. Just point to like Snoop Dogg's line. Exactly. But look, it's Snoop Dogg. And it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> He's been doing He's fine. fine. <laughs> he has a lucrative partnership with Martha Stewart, it appears. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, fine. I've never been more excited to create <laughs> servicey content that's like, where to get your weed from WOC? I'm so excited for that consumption studio, that Martha Stewart Snoop Dogg crossover consumption like, salon. That, that would actually yeah. that would actually be nice. She can handle like he can handle the chronic and she can handle the product making nice bowls that are like really made of really nice glass. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Having a whole set that's like here you have um, a bong, a steamroller, and a pipe that all match each other so that for guests. Yeah, they should just add some flour into like her meal plan kits. 
tastes even better. That's another one. That's another I one. Some recipes built into so many of her recipes now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So for our next topic, as I said, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about just looking forward after the pandemic. I mean, recognizing, of course, that it's far from over. We know this. We're not living in a bubble. The cases are really alarming. And we know that things can really trend pretty badly if people don't keep masking and social distancing. Caitlin and I were saying at the beginning of yesterday's show that there are so many variants that like this is literally the worst time to stop masking. Like we need to keep our masks on everybody. It's only like one in three people are vaccinated right now. Like that's fucking amazing, but still just one in three. Like we're not we're not there yet. Okay, qualification done. But assuming that there is in the next couple months or the end of this year, some return to normalcy, I don't know. I'm feeling a type of way about it. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling like it's a huge transition. I'm feeling I, I don't know who I am or what my life is supposed to be. Anyway, <laughs> what emotions has this brought up in you guys? Uh, I'm definitely a ditto to all of those things. I'm definitely one of those people. And I've seen a lot of articles about this. That's feeling anxious about like resuming my prior level of activity or being expected to resume my prior level of activity. And like, you know, I haven't had to commute 
in such a long time or like get on the train or like be on time to things that don't take place in my own house. And like, yeah, I just, and, or like felt social pressure or FOMO in any real, real way. And, you know, prior to this, I was doing live shows a lot and then also getting, getting sad about the live shows I wasn't asked to do. And it's like, it's been nice not having that in my life anymore. And maybe it won't come back the same way or maybe it will, but I definitely have a lot of anxiety around that. Yeah. You just brought up a lot of things I hadn't even thought about yet. (laughs) (laughs) Like there are so many things that we just have lost practice and muscle memory for doing that. Like I won't even remember until I have to take that step to leave my house. Yeah, I I mean, like, I made, like, multiple changes during this. I mean, and so, like, I'm kind of, like, I've never done these things for, like, a while. Like, I switched from retail to an office job. Like, I, I don't even know what, I've never met the people I work with. I've never <laughs> met them. I don't know them. So weird. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna meet them for the first time. It's very weird it's like well yeah I mean obviously I know that I have meetings with them like multiple times a week but right but yeah I I mean I was thinking of the new people that have we've had a lot of new people start and like when we go back to the office like all the old people are going to be like super chummy right away it's gonna be like really awkward (laughs) for the new people I mean it fetches within like three days you know everything about everybody and it's fine (laughs) and we all talk all day anyway so I've gotten to know them well but yeah I can't imagine being in your position Caitlin yeah, I mean, I'm kind of walking into a completely different situation. Um, and then there's just like other stuff that just like hasn't occurred to me in like a really long time. I mean, there's like not just the commuting and everything else, but like just having to get into like this. I think there's a certain amount of like grind that was happening. I was very aware of when I was a retail worker where it was like people had a lot of expectations and felt like they could pull a lot out of you. Please don't do that, by the way. Be nice to retail <laughs> workers. Anyway, um, this entire service economy has been like very extractive, especially on an, an emotional level. And I think about all the people who like aren't going to get a break. Like they ha- didn't get a break from any of this. And now they're just going to be expected to snap back into position as we all, yes, you know, return to our lives. And it's supposed to be like, oh, Ooh, well, yeah. yeah, it's supposed to stay consistent the entire time. Um, I'm thinking about how like brutally capitalistic our entire world is. Sorry, I've been doing like a lot yeah. of reading about capitalism recently. It's not <laughs> I good. Never apologize for that. Capitalism is not good. It is not. Um, oh yeah, this on Monday we were trying to come up with alternatives to Amazon, and we were like Walmart. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like uh, okay. Yeah. It's super bad, you guys. Um, yeah. So I think a lot about like the productivity culture and like. I think there's a lot to that, like people who have been working from home who built different systems for themselves, like maybe they don't work that nine to five regular hours anymore. Maybe they get more time with their families, maybe like all the stuff that we had like taken for granted because we hadn't been out in the world, like we had to be out in the world. This is just how it had to function. And now we've been like, oh, actually, I work fine wearing sweats. Actually, I don't feel the need to do like extra work at like this time I can just move it to another time where my brain is actually functioning maybe I don't need a full eight hours staring at a screen to be productive maybe I can do it in two hour chunks 
Like mm. there's so much stuff that we've redone. And I think like, that's where my anxiety comes from, but also people breathing on me. I'm very <laughs> not excited about this. And I would like people to keep masks. Can we keep masks? Permanently? I think you can, but yeah, that doesn't keep people. Yeah. From, I'm never going to go on the subway without a mask. I'm, I'm not planning that to do that for a long time. On me. Yeah. No, it's well, weird. We oh were my- always breathing all over each other because like, I never, I don't want to get a cold. I don't want to get sick ever again. Like we could all just eradicate colds if we just mask up for a long time. So what are some things I feel like in the past year, like you were saying, some things have changed and in a lot of ways, we talked a little bit about this on Monday in terms of social media, how we relate to each other, what we tend to prioritize. I'm wondering if there are any new like collective practices or values you've seen developed during the pandemic that we should keep and which we should definitely not keep. I think we kind of touched on this with the flexibility. For me, I would say like, as you were talking about the flexibility of work hours, I think that I'm concerned that also employers will take advantage of that and demand more from people because some people do like to take some hours off during the day and then we'll make it up at night. But I know people that make it up plus some because they feel like they have to. And like the way capitalism works is like, no one's ever going to tell you to not do that. If you work for them, they're not going to do that. So you have to like ask for it. So I feel like I'm a little nervous for how people negotiate the return to work kind of systems in ways that like, yeah, just because Caitlin works really well taking, I do this too. I, I need a break at like three and then I finish up, you know, like right before dinner, but, and that works well for me. But you know, I, the moms that I work with, like that might not work well at all for them to be, to have a schedule like that. And then if I'm on and then somebody wants something from them, is there an expectation? It's like, I think there's a, some, some negotiations that are going to happen, some growing pains. Yeah, I mean, there are so many companies that are going to have to change and so many workplaces that are going to have to change. I mean, my fiance's workplace, they just fully are getting rid of their WeWork and they're just staying, uh, they're staying virtual. And when they want to meet in person, they'll just rent a space for that because they realize that they're, they can operate their company 100% without having to have this space that they're renting. Um, How's Danny feel about that? He seems very social and extroverted. He, I think he likes having an office to go to. So I think that is kind of a bummer, but I think he likes the flexibility too. Cause he's also, you know, in the acting and comedy stuff. So it gives like, it gives him a little bit more flexibility with, with the job that was already pretty flexible. But I do think he is sad about the loss of an office. Cause I think he likes to have like, and he had like a routine going before right. all of this went down where he had a gym that was near his office and he would, you know, he had a whole routine of stuff that just changed. Yeah. I am excited to not spend. I mean, I don't want to be mean. He's right there. But like I'm looking forward to not spending all day, every day with my partner. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. We don't get on each other's nerves at all. But it's like I'd like to miss him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me a chance to, to not know exactly what you did all day Even for one hour or eight hours. Rather, like, I think that would be nice. I think that would be good for us. <laughs> I was going to ask, do you guys ever think about your pre pandemic routines and just go like, oh, she was all like, like, I always think about how, like, I would go to flywheel and then get a green juice. I would do this up and then I would go to flywheel and I would get a green juice and I would come back and finish the rest of my day. And I'm just like, who was that girl sweating in a tiny room with all these other people? So do you think you're not going to go back to that? Like, does that seem incomprehensible? Or you just are like, I'll do that, but I'll be a different person. 
Yeah, I guess I would do. I mean, like, I would love to do it again, but I do think I'll be a different person. And I don't know. I don't know when my comfort level of like being in a small room with sweaty people will be back. Even though like intellectually, I'll know that it's okay. I don't know yeah. how I'm going to physically feel. I'm glad we're having this time. conversation so I know that I will be conservative when I ask you guys to come record a, a studio episode. <laughs> no oh time soon. <laughs> I, I recorded exactly two episodes. Yeah. And you know how person. tiny that room is and we're literally on top of each other. I, I, I'm just like, I I, there was a whole bunch of stuff that I just never developed. Like for me, I, I realized like, I have a whole different schedule that's just waiting on the other side of this thing for me. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, crap. It's totally different location, totally different office, totally different. It's like, like the stress of like figuring out like what I'm going to do for lunch now. Like, exactly. Yeah. My fridge and just being like, okay, I feel nothing. Um, but then, (laughs) but then like now I'm going to have to be like, oh, now I've got to put aside money for lunch. For, as a thing now like there's a whole bunch of like different spending i have i've gotten no infrastructure for this i'm probably right, gonna right. Have a breakdown the first time that we're like, allowed to be outside but um i mean i want to go back to kickboxing like really badly like so badly <laughs> I'm- i do want to spin again yeah i didn't i didn't realize i was that bitch but i'm that bitch and i want to spin again it's gonna be amazing <laughs> the, bike. the first one's gonna be amazing <laughs> i'm gonna cry you are. Oh, my God. The whole every spin class is just going to be a, an emotion, like just a mess for like six months. I talked to Jen Klein yesterday. We were careful not to talk about the pandemic as like an opportunity or a silver lining to benefit our society. But I think it would be a real shame if like after all of the pandemic and events of 2020, which I think the pandemic really like amplified the emotional impact on people have exposed that we don't. I feel like it'd be a shame if we just let this moment go by without insisting that some of these new practices and and, um, sensitivities we've developed stick with us. So do you guys think that sort of the intersections and challenges the the pandemic showed us will like motivate any long-term interest in action? One example I saw today that I was heartened by was that LinkedIn finally added a stay-at-home parent feature to its... um, you can just now have that as a job before you couldn't really, it wasn't an official title. And now they have like mechanisms because 2.3 women, 2.3 million women have dropped out of the workforce and it's really hard to explain gaps in your career. So now they're acknowledging like, this is normal. A pandemic happened. A lot of people had to drop out and we have to treat life as it is. What other opportunities do you guys think there are for that? Well, I hope that one of them is to not have to explain gaps in your career anymore and that people just understand that maybe people don't work for a year because something happened. Exactly. (laughs) Had to take care of someone. Something happened. It can like it's not you're not a bad person if you're not uh, actively making money for one year of your life or whatever. Um, I think the flexibility is hope of scheduling is going to hopefully be understandable. I think. I really, honestly, I feel like it's going to change us in so many ways that we didn't realize. Um, But I do think that, like, I know that I personally am going to have a lot less tolerance for, like, things that things that I know I could be doing from my house. (laughs) Like, like if someone wants me to show up somewhere, they're going to, I need to know why. (laughs) You're going to need to. Tell me why I have to leave because right. for one year I didn't have to. 
Right. So, <laughs> if it's not a global social justice march, I'm not leaving. Yeah. I think that's like a huge thing. I think people are just going to actually, we're going to end up with a lot of stuff coming online. We're going to talk a lot more about equity. I'm hoping, I mean, uh, it's really tough to say, like, let's not look at this as an opportunity, but also crises are the best time to remake society. They are by their definition, because normally if things are working well, then people don't want to make big changes. But when everything hits the fan, everyone's like, let's do whatever it takes. And I think like we should definitely get into a whatever it takes mode because like, yeah, the Great Depression was the only way the New Deal could have happened. Like the two things had to be put together in order for that to work. And I think like we should be thinking about like our, can, our society should not function like this. We all know that we had lots of people with tremendous amounts of burnout women who felt torn because they were asked to be to asked to carry so much between workplaces, which also treated them like domestic labor and domestic labor, which treated them like, like so we had like, way too much to carry. I think you got to talk about the racial implications. This disproportionately killed uh, black and brown people and the implications for an entire, basically this entire generation of like 20 year olds, early teenagers, um, and people around my age, around 30, in their early 30s, who have lost their parents. And now you've, you've got, that was a really high spike. That 40 to 60-year-old space for Black people, like a ton of the casualties were in that span. And now you've got lots of young adults out here who have to kind of work on their own. So we got yeah. these big structural problems that were exposed. I'm I think we should fix them. Mm-hmm. And no, maybe just tossing that out there as a possibility. Yeah. Be nicer to each other. Don't ask people to breathe on you unless there's a good reason. <laughs> Get <laughs> consent, <laughs> affirmative consent before breathing. Exactly. Um, subways less crowded, maybe. Mm-hmm. Use the weed money to fix the subway, sir. Oh, my God. Can we use the weed money to fix the subway? <laughs> Please. Please, God. Okay, step one, money? elect Eliza Orleans. So she yes. can. we can stop paying $1,000 a night at Rikers. Legalize weed. The amount of cash we would have on hand. We could really Your make it a lot easier to live in this city. A city of peaceful weed smokers. <laughs> who are all very chill and have nice subways. I think mm-hmm. that this could solve 90. And I also think- again, And a woman governor. More people coming into New York now, not as like a knock on New York, but just like, there's no reason for people to come here. Mm-hmm. We have remote work. So why is someone going to pay like four times their income in rent um, <laughs> to live here yeah. when they don't have to? And maybe that's, that's yeah. an opportunity for workers- essential workers who are supposed to be essential to get an opportunity to like live inside. Right. I mean, unpaid media internships are really all there is, which has created a pipeline that I benefited from because I could afford to do summers of, I couldn't have, I was able to be supported to do summers of unpaid internships. And so I hope, and I think that most media companies are more flexible, but like you just don't make people move to New York and pay $2,000 a month for rent if you're not going to pay them. And these are literal digital media jobs. I keep thinking about, I don't know, I feel like, I know it's very present now, like you were saying, Caitlin, like we know the racial impact, but I don't know. I just think when we look back, the pandemic will be defined by its racial impact. What do you think? 
I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, everything in, in the United States, one way or another, comes down to race. Um, so I think that we're going to feel that. Um, but I also think it's going to, we have an opportunity to look at that and then invest in marginalized communities and stop, you know, this is going to create a bigger gap. And we've, we talked about like children of color who already had were schooling, have less educational attainment. Like there's a huge educational gap. Colleges are going to completely change what their expectations are for those incoming classes. So mm-hmm. let's yes, talk that's about a huge one. That's going to, we haven't even seen how society is going to change. I mean, not having to be in person for tuition. I mean, we got huge discussions to have happen where all these administrators are like trying to justify why we're paying them $70,000 a year to administer students that aren't even fucking present. Like why? Yeah. And so many schools had to go test optional with the ACT and the SAT this year, which, you know, only really serves to keep out marginalized people really. Um, But so many schools had to go test optional. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to go test optional for one year and be like, yeah, and th- those students were fine, but we still need it, like, to prove that you still need it a year after when you actually have a whole class of students who didn't take that test and they are doing just fine at your university, so. I mean, we got the Olympics. It's been thrown off a year. We got so much going on. We might never, like, this might just fundamentally change everything that we do. We just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. It might be like... Like when you ate that edible and you were like, that's not going to hit. Like, I don't feel anything. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> be like what, a, what a perfect full circle combo. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually the anxiety <laughs> I've been feeling is that I don't know. I don't know what what I don't know. I don't know what's going to seem weird and un- unusual and, and scary when we when we reemerge or. But I'm glad that we are. I'm glad that you gals are vaxxed. I'll probably be vaxxed this weekend. Yay! Yay! Let us know. Keep us posted. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to say on my caption to my picture. Oh, good. I think I'm going to say Pfizer. I hardly know her. (laughs) I I approve that one. I think that's an excellent option. Okay, well, guys, when you hear the episode, log into my, see what I decided. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you guys for this convo. Again, we will be back with you next week. We're working on lots of episodes that are interviews with experts and more substances. There's not as many like crazy 911s every day. We want to get into the issues with the experts that know about them. So we have lots coming. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Caitlin Burke. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.